Amen. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and a gracious good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour podcast, where we talk about the joy and excitement of the University of Louisville women's sports. And man, oh man, we have scores, we have scrimmages, we have schedules. It's like Christmas, and it's only September. A lot of good stuff to report on today. Also want to uh, acknowledge that we've got a full house in here today for the second, maybe third week in a row. Something like that is it unprecedented, unprecedented, unbelievable. Uh, I can get up these other three knuckleheads to get on here. So that's a good thing to go. Uh, Jared Anderson with us this morning. Jared was walking through graveyards last night. Something similar to that. Early Halloween stuff here on your mind or what was Seminary are a little close there. I misread his tweet. I thought he typed in he was walking through cemeteries and he was actually walking through a seminary. So, and if you're going to become, you know, a, a, a priest, Jared, you know, I might recommend that you might want to break off your relationship with Katie. It doesn't work well for monks and priests, but uh, only for Catholics. Only for Catholics. That's right. <laughs> a lot of deer out and about last night, so it's kind of cool to see on the walk. Yeah, I always did. This type of year, it's always cool to see him. Love it. So with us, Case Hoskins. Uh, Case is obviously very excited about Thursday night soccer that we got a chance to watch. And uh, maybe a little uh, bit of trepidation here, Case, about this Sunday game against Florida State, who did pretty much whatever they wanted to with Notre Dame, huh? Yeah, that'll definitely be an interesting one tomorrow afternoon on ACC Network. Certainly hoping the cards can uh, can hold in there and and do well in Tallahassee and uh, Jeff with us. Jeff actually got a chance to go to volleyball last night. And so it's, happy! <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the Easter Bunny showed up early on the McAdams doorstep. <laughs> but I do kind of want to start the show off this morning. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we lost a very very important person in terms of someone who was working very hard for our nation and the Supreme Court on equality issues, also on women's rights in uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So uh, I'm going to turn this over to Jeff for just a few comments on that. Yeah, obviously, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is is a a massive figure in, or was a massive figure in in American jurisprudence, uh, and uh, she passed away last night from uh, complications of, of pancreatic cancer that uh, had been in the news a little bit, um, downplayed a little bit in the news, but apparently was a little more uh, serious than than had been let on. Um, you know, obviously, this this becomes a political football at this point, and and we'll try to steer clear of that part. But uh, she was a um, very strong proponent for um, women's rights and was a supporter of Title IX, which obviously has a very significant impact on uh, what we do cover here with women's uh, sports uh, at UofL um, and women's and girls girls sports in general. So uh, obviously we've been, uh, the whole concept around Cardinal Couple is to support that and and, uh, to bring the joy and excitement of the sports and to share with other people and, you know, a strong woman like, like RBG, as she was frequently known and, and uh, a significant 
place of power like that is uh, a role model. It is uh, a situation where representation, um, you know, we talk about representation matters and that's, that's the case here as well. Um, so uh, obviously we're a bit sad at her passing and uh, you know, we'll go on and we'll, we'll try to make the best of situations as we always do. Certainly we'll remember many of the things she does quite fondly and also a, a bit of a hope that, that her good works can be continued by the Supreme Court and uh, any further nominees that actually ascend to that role. Uh, but uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg no longer with us. We, uh, at this point in time, moving, moving on to our scheduling and Twitter information, and I know Case has got to be doing spins and turns in his chair in front of his laptop because there's stuff today, buddy. What about this? Yeah, laptop. Come on. Amateur hour. My, la my laptop is uh, working good. Yeah, fully powered PC over here. <laughs> Hand built and everything. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need no stinking laptops. <laughs> uh, I have I have one upstairs plus an iPad. It's there's too many technology items in this house. It's the one he had from the white. Too too many to keep up with. Um. Anyway, yeah, scheduling. So uh, there is an event today. It's one that will hopefully get some results coming in. Right, it's probably are already some in, but not easy to keep up with uh, an event like cross country. As it goes on easier, just pick those up tomorrow and find out what happened today at the Irish Classic. One of, like we mentioned, uh, three, three, four, uh, very few uh, cross-country meets this year. But staying in shape, uh, one of the easiest uh, sports that you could do, I guess, with all the restrictions that are in place, other than the fact that you have to travel. That's, that's the big hang-up, I think, for having for not having more meets than there are. But cross country up there, men's and women's both uh, competing in South Bend. So we'll get some results on that tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, as Polly mentioned earlier, women's soccer taking on Florida State. That one's in Tallahassee. As we mentioned last week, they are just staying down there uh, in Florida for the last few days after their match on Thursday against Miami, which we'll talk about later. That one's at 1 p.m. on the ACC Network. Uh, we know that that's on the ACC network because Louisville announced the remainder of their times and TV calendar uh, for the rest of the schedule this year. So they have a few more games on the true ACC network, a couple on regional sports networks, which unfortunately I may not be able to watch those easily um, since my YouTube TV does not get Fox Sports South. So we'll see about that one. And then uh, a couple more on ACC network extra. Uh, presumably all of the NCAA tournament or the ACC tournament will be on ACC Network or ACC Network Extra if Louisville is fortunate enough to get there. Moving on for the rest of the week, uh, still a little thin um, just because there are so many fewer games for all the all the sports, not as many to be played. But volleyball gets their season underway after they had their tune-up red-black scrimmage last night uh, when they're hosting Notre Dame at 4 and 6 p.m., on Friday and Saturday, respectively, this weekend. And, and Kate's not to interrupt you or anything here, but they did have a time change on this Friday match from what I've been able to see. I think it's a 4 p.m. Instead of a 4 p.m., it's a 6 p.m. start against Notre Dame. So both matches at 6 p.m.? Yes, that's what the latest I've gotten. Gotcha. 
So there you go. Update your calendar, UFL. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's like like asking a dog to sing opera. But good. Yeah. Uh, as we move around the table uh, for Twitter accounts, um, as Polly mentioned, Jared tweets as at Mr. Anderson Jared, and sometimes tweets about seminaries and not cemeteries. But <laughs> an easy an easy mistake to make uh, when you're reading quickly. Polly tweets us. Polly, that's next month. We're not there yet. Not quite. Hey, hey, I was in the groceries, uh, during a drugstore the other day, and the aisles were full of candy already. Look, I woke up to take the dog out. It was 46 this morning. So if anybody wants to say it's spooky season, then they're fine by me to say that. I mean, fall starts what, Monday? So. Come on. We're, we're there. Yeah, we've got fall weather and fall sports. Hey, it's fall. Hey, tailgate weather outside. I mean, I might have to go out in the in the driveway after the show and have have some own some of my own tailgate time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Polly tweets is at Cardinal Couple. Uh, Jeff tweets is at Card Couple Radio. Uh, Jeff, did you put any tweets out last night? I was, I was kind of. I didn't. Uh, I was getting some videos though, so. Uh... I'm going to try and check those out later. Yeah, maybe. Let's see what I can do with them. See if it, I haven't really looked through them all that closely. I don't know if any of them are any good at all. <laughs> Cause yeah, maybe, you know. maybe you can put them up as clips on the site. Who knows? Possibly. Uh, yeah. On the, uh, on the YouTube. Who knows? Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Uh, he also tweets as at Jeff McAdams for his personal Twitter. Uh, I tweet as at best case scenario, BSTK scenario. And maybe we'll talk about the pod a little bit later, but maybe we'll have a third Cardinal couple account. Um, if I can, if I can put something together for the podcast here, having its own home, as it were. So we'll see. We'll see about that. That could be an interesting aspect there, and that certainly does. We had that done by my clock here, eleven ten. So it's getting a little bit longer. It's Made it even longer than last week. Absolutely. <laughs> so what you're doing, cutting into valuable discussion time, but that's okay. I'm sorry. We're fine. Uh, but the, so certainly one of the things I think that we want to talk about first off the bat here today is the volleyball scrimmage that did take place last night. And uh, I like to say that it was in Cardinal Arena, but unfortunately I'm not being totally correct when I say that because the new official terminology that it is known as now is L&N Federal Credit Union Arena. Our very own Jeff McGann was there. It has last been night. a couple of years now that it's been this way. So, you know. It's still Cardinal Arena to me. I, know. It, I still slip up and do it, too. Of course, I also yeah. slip up and use the old name for the football stadium on occasion, too, as well. So, you know. But uh, Jeff was there. He got to be one of the limited few that were in there. Just kind of take us through from getting there, Jeff, through the match and everything else. So we'll kind of just sit back and listen. Yeah. So there was a, a remarkable amount of stuff that was normal uh you know the parking situation was the normal parking situation in the parking garage with you know event parking and and such and walking in you know the first hint that anything was different was the signs out on the doors going into uh the arena facility that you know one was labeled as exit one was labeled as entrance right very clearly um the arena has signage up uh guiding about social distancing and um where to sit seats have big green dots on them as to the ones that are available for people to sit in and and the others are not and they are they are well spaced it looks like at a gut call there's probably about capacity for 200 people maybe with those green dots um 
there were maybe 40 or 50 people there last night, mostly family of players. Um, but uh, went in, checked out, got our names checked off. This was a kind of an invite-only thing uh, because I – I don't know that they're really approved to have a full-on event with public uh, uh, availability to it, but uh, uh, that's still kind of up in the air. <laughs> we don't know that yet. Um, went in, uh, sat down, watched the game, relatively normal red and black scrimmage uh, in, in many respects. Um, the biggest difference that really visible in watching it is the players were wearing masks as they were playing, so um, which is <laughs> impressive, you know. Uh, it's uh, it, it does make it a little harder, I'm sure, to be out there playing at the, at top level with with masks on. But I've I've noticed in watching some videos of some other matches from other teams, that's generally the case across the league. So um, I think that's going to be the norm this year. So um, you know the teams are split. Uh, the team was split into two separate teams. You had white and red. Um, started out with some confusion because the scoreboard was saying red and black is the name of the event would imply, but the actual jerseys they wore were red and white. So um, they did adjust that on the scoreboard later on. Um, the white team was basically what I expect to be our starting lineup, um, plus a, maybe one or two more. Uh, and then the red team was basically what's going to be their reserves, most of the freshmen, and then they had a little bit of help from the volunteer assistant coach uh, that's new this year, um, Taylor Morgan, who was at uh, Minnesota last year. I played at Minnesota last year. So, um, yeah, it, good play. Um, you know, it's always kind of hard to judge how the team is doing when they're only competing against themselves and you don't have an outside measuring stick. Uh, but, uh, you know, they look good. Tori Dofer looked great, et cetera. She made some sets that were just jaw-dropping. Um, like, first of all, how did she get to it? And then second of all, how did she make that set, you know, br sprinting, running across the court, and then do a, you know, quick back set to a middle hitter or something? I'm like, how, how do you do that? That's You just don't normally see that. So stuff like that. Um, Anna DeBeer, one of the incoming freshmen, did play on the starters, air quotes, starters side of that. Um, and, and showed she is capable of that she's got power she's got pretty good control um you know she's a freshman she's got to have some things that she needs to clean up and develop but she did a really good job um the other four freshmen were on the other side of the the net with the, the so-called reserves i'll say um setting on the reserve side was rachel demarcus transfer in from um where did she transfer from i want to say auburn but i'm not sure that's right um south alabama sorry right locate like general region but wrong school um and splitting time with jimmy vassalou who has been on the team and doesn't see the court much um but you know she's really developed her game quite a bit i think so i, I think we may actually see a little bit more of her this year um not sure what role uh, but it's interesting i you know i mentioned in the article and and i sent it to the group chat last night i think it was you know maybe we make her a, a hitter She's 5'5", five, five, but she can jump out of the gym. So she gets up there and she swings and she makes some pretty good hits on it. So I think that would be funny to see her in a, in a hitting role. I don't, th don't think it'll happen, but it would be funny to see. So, um, yeah, just kind of rambling through some, some observations that I thought of. Looked really great. Great play. Um, you know, they introduced the freshmen, the newcomers. So freshmen and Rachel and Taylor 
uh, the volunteer assistant after the mat after the the four sets they played um just kind of a, a quick introduction to people so um yeah it was a fun event good to good to see play um you know a lot of the people that i normally see at volleyball matches that are regular uh, season tickets holders um were not there because of the limited attendance but uh a few were and it's good to see them good to see everybody's doing well good to see the team's doing well and 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 we're in to play a abbreviated but i think prop could be what a, a really good season for us an interesting aspect on on several things you spoke of there i guess maybe one of the uh first things that would come to mind for me is that will you now need lead the new chant fear to beer <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's that's not bad. Uh, no, probably not. Um, but uh, yeah, we did also. Con I commented uh, before the show and, and in other situations about the number of A names that are going to be in our starting lineup. Like five of the seven are, are likely to be names that start with A. So that's kind of amusing note. Jared, you and I were both kind of wondering about this and. Now that Sean Moth is retired, I understand that the the soccer announcer, PA announcer, was doing the call of duty down there, Jared. Uh, thoughts on him? Yeah, I've heard Delbert a lot with the men and women's soccer games. And since Sean Moth was always doing baseball radio, Delbert uh, was PA at baseball as well. Uh, he's not Sean Moth. Uh, obviously, but I th think Delbert does do a solid job. One of the things I like with him is his clarity. So you can actually make out what he's saying. He enunciates well. Uh, to me, he's always done a good job with players' names. I know with with the newcomers and new faces, sometimes it may take some time to adjust, but he's always been very good about making sure he knows how to pronunciate players' names right. Especially when, like, we're watching on uh, ACC Network Extra the other night, and the amount of Louisville women soccer players' names who were just butchered. So it's it's nice to know here at home we've we've got some announcers who know what they're doing. That was sad. Uh, uh, one of the things that I, I wondered about, I doubt it transpired since it was a scrimmage. Did they keep any type of stat sheet or box score that was available at all, Jeff? So the I think graduate assistant, maybe her position, I'm drawing a blank, um, was down there kind of charting things. So, like, they probably have it, but they, it's not publicly available. No. My main interest, and in I'm sure, Casey, you probably like this as well. Who was the kill leaders? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't really know. Uh, I, the, just the general sense of it, I would say probably Ico uh, or, uh, yeah, you know, the usual suspects, Ico, Claire. Um, Anna would have been in the mix, probably not the leader. And then uh, Anna Stevenson in the in the middle probably had a good shot at it. I, you know, I didn't count, so don't know. You weren't the type that uh, puts your brings your scorebook to a baseball game and nope. keeps track of all the stats yourself. No, nope. uh, too much fun and just enjoying the game. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see somebody actually go back there and for every time the cards get a kill. Remember in the old days that they used to hang a three up in the arena? Sometimes mm -hmm. 
when people would hit a three-pointer and they would like pile up and you could see like 10 or 12 of them yep. fans playing those. What, what could you hang up for a kill, like a dead pelt or something? Or, or, <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, the, the, the women, or excuse me, the men's uh, swimming team usually kind of chimes in on one of those <laughs> so, their own form which i certainly am not going to replicate i wouldn't inflict that on people but hey it works well for the men's men's uh swimming folks so, <laughs> so early yet obviously but uh certainly uh, good for them to get that dirt and and play a little bit uh, some of the strengths that you can kind of determine from this exhibition last night jeff that may benefit the cards this year uh not serving errors uh we saw a fair number of serving errors again um so that'll be a place we need to clean up uh obviously we've got some great great hitters um anna de beer coming in you know kind of reloads that position a little bit uh with you know we lost melanie McHenry to graduation and injury last year and then also amber stiverns left uh the team transferred to georgia so uh anna de beer comes in kind of fills that in a little bit um, we had a lot of hitters, and so they're finding their role and finding their positions. Our middles are just incredible. I mean, when your reserves are Piper Rowe and Emily Scott in the middle, um, uh, you know you've got a pretty good lineup with uh, Anna Stevenson and Amaya Tillman being kind of your 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 leaders in that in, in that position. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, also, and then also you add in Pegrin Kong coming in as a freshman middle, who's going to contribute to that. She probably won't much this year, but um, yeah, it's amazing stuff. Uh, our defensive lineup is um, a little slim, maybe. Uh, Alexis Hamilton still playing at Libro. We still got Mia Standard doing amazing things back there as well, and just incredibly consistent and an impressive server. Um, couple of freshmen on there uh alexa Hendricks was not there last night so i don't know what her status is but she was not in that so um i don't know maybe she just had class or something she couldn't get out of but um she was not there so don't know where that stands but yeah you know our our hitting looks good um we're becoming more and more of that nebraska style big hitters that danny bespin kelly brings with her um so, and then, and, and that's cool. It's, it's, that's a fun style of volleyball. I like the smaller, quick style of volleyball that we've played a lot, but it's also, you know, it's great to get some, some big power to it. It's a lot of fun. As you take a look at what's a strength there, let's also discuss maybe besides serving errors, <laughs> some of the potential weaknesses you can see on this team this year. Yeah, wow. Um, we're not quite as deep as we were last year, um, but you know we were so deep last year that's not such a big deal. Um, like I said, a little bit of our, our defense is a little slim. Um, so if we have somebody's having an off game, we don't have a, a whole lot of, of of help there. We've got a couple of freshmen, uh, CC Rush and Aiden Bartlett, are uh, both listed as Libro DS positions, so they can come in and contribute. Um, we have. Um, not quite the same level of setting prowess that we have had in the past. Um, you know, last year we had two really competitive setters uh, in Tori Delfer and um, Shannon Shields. Uh, Shannon has transferred as well. Um, 
we still have three setters on the roster. Tori Dilfer obviously is still with us. Uh, Rachel DeMarcus transfers in. She's a very good setter. She's a little short, 5'7". Um, is a little bit of a challenge, but uh, she's her skills are very good. And, and Jamie Vassal is also listed as a setter. Though, like I said, you could, she could probably play anywhere somewhat competently, at least. Um, I, I don't expect to see a whole lot of her on the court, but there's another option there if, if need be. So um, I... You know, it's it's a pretty solid team across the board. I might look at defense as maybe the biggest weakness, but it's not much. Did we get a Trent Dilfer showing? <laughs> no, he was not there. That I saw, that I noticed at least. I didn't look around carefully. Most everybody was sitting on the same side of the arena, so I didn't get a real good ability to look and see who all was there. But um, I, I did not see him there. I don't think he was. All right. Well, you yeah. still got time to improve on that. I'm going to go to. Yeah. Of course, he's he's coaching football. You know, he's got his well, own stuff. Well, you know, he's got a daughter too, man. Come yeah, on. You know, it's, it's Friday night here. Let's he's got three daughters. You know, <laughs> doing different. Trent, you're going to have to pick your game up. You know, yeah. you're have to he, pick he, your he game came up. last year to, to some games, so you know. Jeff defended Trent Dilfer, yeah. something that I could never do when he was on the field. But anyway. <laughs> Let's go to a. Oh, I'm going to go to Mr. Prediction right now, <laughs> who comes up with these wild and sometimes head scratching predictions on teams and things. He's already been been proven quite wrong in women's soccer. But let's go to let's go to volleyball, Jared. Uh, for our listeners out there, we have eight games on the schedule here, buddy. Uh, how are they going to finish? How are they going to do? Uh, when I did that prediction uh, last week, when we kind of previewed them, I said seven and one. And after hearing uh, what what Jeff talked about with the team last night, I think seven and one is completely possible. Uh, eight and zero uh, uh, is within reach, I would say. But I believe that two game stint is at Pittsburgh and not at home, so it's hard to imagine getting two wins at Pitt back to back. But I, I fully believe seven to one is possible for this team. Okay, so in just breaking it down for the fans, twice against Notre Dame, twice against Boston College, twice against Syracuse, twice against Pittsburgh. That we know so far, like everything else in twenty twenty. It's obviously fluid. It could change. There could be more games, there could be less games. They may decide to play outside and fight Master Playground. I don't know. But Notre Dame played us very, very closely last season. They always do. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Pittsburgh, we have two openers against them. Yeah. Uh, and then Boston College, I'm not that impressed with them. But anyway, Syracuse. Yeah, they were better last year than they traditionally have been. Um, but still ended up, I think, around middle of the pack in the ACC. So. Former Cardinal volleyball coach. Mr. Yellen is up at Syracuse. We play them twice, get them at home. And then Pittsburgh, the nemesis, the thorn in our side over the last couple of years. We play them. I look at this schedule and I got to think maybe we lose one to the Irish and we lose one to Pittsburgh. I'm going to go six and two. In case I know volleyball wasn't your strong suit, but uh, your thoughts? Hey, I really enjoy it. I wouldn't <laughs> call it not my strong suit. It's just that. I don't know that much about it. It's just that way, you know? This is the flip side of soccer. I enjoy it. Just don't know that much about it. (laughs) We all have our strengths and weaknesses. Right. 
There's a uh, ball in a net, bud. That's got to be a start for you. There you go. Yeah. That's pretty much every sport that U of L plays. Um, just about. <laughs> but uh, what was I going to say? You completely uh, thrown me this, off. This, this, um, trade, this train is off the rails and headed toward the deep. Uh, just like every other week. Yes. Um, the matches against Notre Dame. Uh, we were talking about how they always play as close. I would not be surprised if you see 10 sets of volleyball played yeah. uh, next weekend in the art, the arena formerly known as Cardinal. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that UofL has a very good team. Um, they've shown that they can beat Notre Dame already since they did it last year without many differences to the team. Um, and so I think that Louisville has a good a good chance if they come out swinging against Notre Dame to to win both of those matches. But it's not out of the realm of possibility for them to lose one since it's the opener of the season. That said, I do think that seven and one um, is very attainable. I think it'd be great. I think six and two is more likely. And unfortunately, I don't think that Louisville loses uh, any matches to someone other than Pittsburgh. So as we go to Mr. Volleyball expert Jeff McAdams, we've got two six and twos, a totally wild prediction by Jared of seven and one. Where are you going to land on this, Jeff? Yeah, like Jared, I think seven and one is attainable. Um, I don't know that I want to predict that, but I think it is an attainable goal. Um, I eight no is an outside possibility here, um, but I mean Pitt is very very good. I I like everybody else. I don't expect us to win both games there. I think there's a good chance we don't win either of them. Um, Pitt is a very very good team. Um, I think we could sweep both of Boston College and Syracuse. That's not a given in either case, but I think it's it's quite possible um, and, and even probably likely. Um, Notre Dame, man, <laughs> matches against Notre Dame have always just been crazy up in the air. And like Case mentioned, we may see 10 sets of volleyball next weekend and just two matches. Um, that's a pretty typical thing for when we play Notre Dame. Um, you know, I've said it a few times over the past few years, Notre Dame had a complete meltdown uh, some years back. Uh, they replaced their coach, um, replaced a lot of their personnel on the team, and started rebuilding that program almost from scratch. And they have done that. They have done a very, very good job. Um, this team has – they have had another coach replacement since then. The one I hired after the meltdown uh, eventually did, did retire after, I think, about three seasons for medical reasons. Um, he had some back issues and needed to step down. They promoted the assistant coach up into the head coach position to continue that that pattern, that uh, continuity, um, and it's paid off for them. They've become a very good team again. Um, they're not the top of the ACC yet, right? But I wouldn't put it past them to continue to, to make another step this year to, to getting close to that. Um, you know, you see... You know, we're up there in, in the upper echelon. The ACC pit obviously is. We've talked about a lot. Florida State is typically up there as well. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Notre Dame competing in that and those sorts of heights. So it it's going to be, you know, a couple of coin flips, I think, next week almost. Like it frequently is with Notre Dame and probably crazy in some way, like it almost always is. A lot of fun ahead if you can follow Louisville Volleyball. I'm sure you're not going to be disappointed whatsoever 
hopefully we'll see a bunch of these on the ACC Network, Network Extra. Yeah, they are all listed as ACC Network on the schedule. So Cool. I wonder if they'll do like the other sports are tentatively planning on doing and not having anybody in person, but actually following the matches from their homes and then doing it that know. way. A lot of the Olympic sports have local commentators do it versus, um, yeah, I, I don't know if they would do it out of their homes. That's a tough setup to get right. Um, certainly. I know the, the field hockey is going to say how difficult it can be to get good audio quality on something. So, yeah. yeah. Field hockey is definitely going that way. I've already found that out that the, the announcers for the ACC that do field hockey will be doing it out of their homes. Haven't heard on women's soccer yet, and so we'll wait and see on this. Should be but, uh, it's very possible. Let's take you to another sport that has a net. Also is a sport that uses a ball, but was played on Thursday this week. Louisville women's soccer squad got their season underway down in Coral Gables, Florida, playing the Miami Hurricanes and took a 3 nothing win. Uh, Case, this was a game that I thought that Soccer has two nets, even. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Make it yeah. twice as good? I don't know. So so so, <laughs> so does basketball, Jeff. That's true. It, it does. It does. And lacrosse and field yeah. hockey. Yeah. No, that's not arguing that. That's what I was getting at. They almost all have. Shall, yeah, we, all discuss, shall we discuss Case's favorite color now, perhaps? Or <laughs> yeah. It's black. Yep. It's a neutral. But anyway, so Thursday night, the cards come out. Uh, we've done a nice interview with Karen Ferguson days prior to the game. She had some some optimism, but also had some questions. Uh, boy, the first 20 minutes of this, it was like the Cardinals were playing as a national contender, 3 nothing. It stayed 3 nothing. Uh, your thoughts and observations on this win, Case? Yeah, I was you know, a little bit distracted while watching this one. I was watching it on the laptop. I uh, had TV going in the background, so... Not um, not on your mainframe. No, not watch. I was not watching it in the basement on the on the. Oh my god! You piece. actually no. used the laptop upstairs to hid it from your wife. Oh my Slumming god! it up there, man. <laughs> Slumming it. <laughs> hey, that laptop's like six years old, so it's been a champ. Um. Anyway, where? What? I don't even know where. Anyway, I was a little bit distracted when we started the game. Uh, I did make note that they listed when they announced when they put the starting lineups on the screen, I thought it was very funny because they listed Louisville as playing in a 4-4-2, and then they separated the team out as 4-5-1 when they listed the starters. I don't know what they were doing. I'm not really sure why they did that. Uh, I was trying to get a good handle on who actually started in which position because Louisville likes to start their... They like to start the halves, uh, or any restarts, really, um, with the ball in the circle. They like to start very out of shape um, on defense. They like to be very prepared for what the opposing team might do. And on offense, they have set plays that they run from the circle. Um, so it's hard to get a gauge of, of what they're really playing and who's in what position. Uh, it's not made easier by the fact that uh, when I open the individual stats, uh, the starters list one goalkeeper, one defender, three midfielders, five forwards, and one player with no position. Um, so, <laughs> the player to be named later, right? Um, 
<laughs> I do know three people that were across the back. It was Sarah Hernandez. Raven Alexander did get the start. Not sure why she was. She just must have been out when I was looking later uh, and caught me off guard because I figured she'd play most of the game. Uh, Maisie Whitsett filled in for Neve Nelson, replaced her in that second center back position. Uh, and she's developed a lot as a defender. I think that we saw on Thursday some some good things there. Uh, and then there were a decent number of newcomers to the starting lineup. Like we mentioned, uh, TK Taylor Kerwin started alongside Nadej Lasperance in the defensive mid. Uh, and then you had Corinne Dente, Jessica Kampkin, Delaney Snyder, and Cassie Amshoff all as new starters. Um, like I said, it was hard to see what exactly this the, the formation was. So hard to say who was starting where. Uh, I believe... Corinne Dente was on one of the wings for the unfortunate two and a half minutes that she was in the game. Alas, not Um, for long, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Some information about that injury that is not quite public yet, so we won't go into that one. Um, But she did exit the game and was out for the remainder of the game uh, after going down, uh, going for a tackle. So that was unfortunate. Uh, She was replaced by Anna Henderson? I want to say, came in for her uh, right then. I think you're right. Um, so that was uh, an unfortunate start. She was she was down for quite a while. It was a, a long stop to the game very quickly. Um, but I think did give uh, both teams the opportunity to have seen for a very short while what was going on with the other team and kind of change game plans on the fly. I think we really saw that work to Louisville's advantage because they came out and, like you mentioned, in the next – 16 minutes scored three goals um really just hammered it to miami early uh we saw a lot of rotational play in the second half so they couldn't quite get the the same mojo going they couldn't they couldn't they weren't gelling as we like to say for the volleyball team all the time uh, about how that starting lineup gels louisville's rotational players not quite getting going they did they were able to hold miami to basically nothing uh, for the whole game, they finished with five total shots with one on frame. Um, Gabby Cazellas made some things a little hard for herself early, uh, but Miami was never really a threat in this one, which was good to see. Um, it, it was good to see Louisville replacing so much uh, on defense, having to replace a center defensive mid and two backline starters, um, being able to replace those and still shut down an admittedly not very great uh, Miami team, but Miami to be able to do it matters. Need some work, I do believe. They had played an exhibition earlier against Clemson and fell four to nothing in Jacksonville earlier in the week. Uh, Jared, I know your heart sank like my heart sank when we found out that Corinne Dante was not going to be able to return. Uh, I will say this without getting myself into any trouble here that a, a, a source very close to the program has uh, indicated to me that the left ACL was the injury and that it's unlikely that Dante will return. This is not the official word. I will make a point of saying, but Jared, that just broke my heart when I saw her go down. You never want to see a player get hurt, whether for your team, for an opposing team, for a team you hate. Uh, that, that's the last thing you would ever wish on anybody. ACLs are pretty com- ACL injuries are pretty common when you get to soccer. Uh, so whether that may be true or not, it 
would be highly unfortunate for a player who looked to have a very promising year. Uh, Let's hope for the best that maybe uh, it turns out it's not an ACL. Uh, But either way, whether it's an ACL injury or it's a non-ACL injury, you need to take the proper precautions, make sure she can fully heal up. We're looking at a condensed season that doesn't really have a lot of effect in the long run. Uh, And then there's no effect in terms of your years of eligibility either. So at this point, it, it would make sense to go on and just rest her uh, the remainder of the season, let her get back to 100% for next year when we will hopefully have a sense of normalcy in a full-length season. I mean, Louisville Manual product. Fantastic player for the cards in her senior year. Now I had two of the goals. Also one assist, Delaney Snyder. Coach Ferguson Days had mentioned had become quite the excellent running mate with Amina. Had the other goal and also had an assist in this. And I think, Case, when you when you take a look at this, the cards did maybe what we expected them to do. What I was very impressed is that they were able to play very deep into their reserves and not give up anything and not really lose anything. Yeah, um, Louisville did very well offensively, like we mentioned in that first half, second half. Kind of fell off a bit, but Amina Ekic, uh, 100% efficiency. Yeah, two shots, both on goal, both in the goal. Uh, and then with the third ass, with assisting on the third goal, which I believe was actually the first goal because Delaney Snyder scored it, uh, knifing through the defense and putting on what was a very tough goal, actually. Um, I don't think it got enough. Well, I wasn't listening to the game, so obviously couldn't say whether it got enough credit, but that tight angle goal is always a tough one. Uh, a lot of times you'll see that either uh, in the outside of the net or just skating across the front of the goal helplessly uh, with nobody on the other end because there was no other Louisville player there that was going to finish it if it didn't go in the back. Um, So a very good goal from her. But like you mentioned, uh, they're great at the top. I think we saw some of that last year. Uh, Delaney Snyder was very efficient when she got her playtime behind Brooklyn Rivers um, as a freshman and has really come out swinging uh, alongside Amina Ekic, and they're going to be very strong at the top. Uh, like I think we anticipated, and it's good to see Delaney Snyder be- making such an impact so quickly, uh, which will help to kind of keep teams keying off of Amina Ekic a little bit. I, I think that we saw with uh, Ekic's second goal that it doesn't really matter if you're keyed on her because she can steal the ball from you in your own box and then um, juke two of you and, and score uh, with some pretty fancy footwork. So... That was nice. It was it was very exciting uh, first half. It was a very bland second half. Um, it was really a, a very bland last 70 minutes of the game, but um, it was what it was. Like I said, it was good to see Louisville not uh, give up anything there, um, even even in the garbage time with, with a lot of subs on the field. So, well, yeah. Miami just could never seem like to me, Jeff, muster any type of offensive continuity or threat and thoughts that kept running through my mind of Gabby Cazellas, who had a real quiet night back there. I was wondering if she would have time to answer a text if I were to send her one <laughs> during the action. Like, hey, Gabby, how come you picked a pink jersey to wear tonight? But, and the second thing is uh, also Jessica DiFilippo, who played four slides through this, two good things. Case, she got four shots in the final half off. 
because we have yeah, Shelton six to three. Yeah, she put one on frame. <laughs> so I mentioned last week. I hope she got some new finishing boots. Um, and when you put one out of four, not even one out of four in the goal, she put one out of four on frame. It not the best that you're looking for directly after. I will give Miami a little bit of credit. Their one shot on goal was really scary. Um, it, it was it was good build up. And Maisie Whitsett, I texted in our group chat. Maisie Whitsett did a great job. Uh, showing off her defensive chops and some improvements she's made playing defensively uh, to get a great clear very near to the goal line. She uh, did indeed. With a, with, a reaction, with a reaction block. Can't call it a reaction save because she's not a goalkeeper, but a, a great block there to keep Miami from clawing one back in the second half. Jared, although we were not there to record and capture the words along with Case after the game, Coach Karen Ferguson Days did have post-game remarks which consisted of, it's always great to open the season with a win in this league. We put together some good moments, but there are also plenty of areas that we need to improve on. Every day, we'll continue to work on getting better. All pretty much generic stuff, right? Okay, what can you say? But certainly, you have some good points in there. I, I Jared, Florida State worries me. That's Sunday. It's a 1 p.m. game. Uh, they, like I said, Probably could have scored 10 goals on the poor, dilapidated Notre Dame women's soccer team that just looked totally bewildered out there. Uh, FSU, down there, buddy. Uh, can you send Katie down to throw the team off or something? <laughs> She's, she'll probably still be recovering. Right, chilly late night tonight with football. But I'd love for her to use her connections down there and tell them to, to sit this one out, let us get the win. Because uh, they are certainly an excellent team. There's a reason why they were one of the one seeds in the NCAA tournament last year and why they are always a contender for both an ACC and national title. Uh, and then playing down there in Tallahassee is not going to be an easy one. Certainly not. I mean, they just Florida State looks like a powerhouse back again this year. The cards uh, will be able to return home finally for their opener on the first day of October, guys. On Thursday, where they'll play a 7 p.m. match against Syracuse at the Mark and Cindy Lynn Stadium, not to be confused with the downtown Lynn Family Stadium. Uh, Jared and I were very fortunate in the fact that we are going to be allowed access to this. It's going to be a limited media and photography pool. Jared uh, is going to wear his swim trunks and his flippers and goggles because he's the pool reporter. I certainly hope it isn't as cold for you out there as it was last night. I will be in the press box somewhere, probably bound, gagged, and tied, and stuck into the all-purpose bathroom <laughs> but with, you know, with my mask on, though. And this yeah. uh, 7 p.m. So keep it chilling. Yeah, I just want to say how cool it is that, that the two of you all were invited to do that. Um, that's pretty impressive. And I think it says something about what we're doing here at Cardinal Couple um, to toot our own horn a little bit um, to be recognized as maybe the best media people to cover uh, women's soccer and field hockey, also. Um, you know, that's impressive, honestly, I think, for such a kind of a ditch thing that we do to be able to do that and to do it basically as a hobby like we do so I just I mean, to, I'm, I'm sitting here basking in how awesome it's, you all it's are a, to get that. It's, a, it's a humbling kind of thing in a way and, yeah. and 
I certainly will take it with all due respect and courtesies and, and the importance of it, but uh, I don't know uh, cases, case I know you're kind of on the fence about attending anything this year out there, uh, but I will, I will miss not having case up there to have commentary with me during the game and actually make some points out that we were able to use later on last year in post-game uh, questions for the players and the coach. Speaking of that case, I don't know how they're going to work that. Uh, yeah, I might, I might have, I might have garnered myself an invite if I was not constantly making Coach Karen Ferguson days <laughs> a bit perturbed with my pointed questions after matches. But boom, wait for it. So it goes. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll talk with the SID for women's soccer if. Uh, if you'll let us continue and further our monopoly up there and bring you in, I'll certainly let you know and, and all that. If, if you want to come, that of course. Three of three of three attendees are all from the same. It yeah. uh, would be uh, same <laughs> it's, it's just like we would just go ahead and tell Jeff to sit in the stands and throw for his be at halftime and we'd have the whole thing covered. <laughs> the Florida State case it scares me. How about you? Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Um, as much as Louisville seem to have their way with Miami, Florida State just consistent drubbing of of Notre Dame is what I'll call it. Notre Dame finished with just two shots. They were able to put one on frame, um, but Florida State finished with 18. Unlike Louisville, they did not have one big scoring spurt and then go blind and deaf. Um, they they went. Uh, they scored in the 20th minute. They scored in the 38th minute. They scored in the 58th minute. They scored in the 68th minute. And then they scored in the 79th minute. So just the constant, the consistent scoring, I won't say constant, the consistent scoring is just, it's just deflating if you're the opposing team. You think if we can, if we can get some stretch where we're able to, string some things together on offense, even if we're not getting a shot together, if we can win some possession and hold on to it and go, you know, 15, 20 minutes without them scoring on us again, maybe we can make something happen. And then the second half, just scoring every 10 minutes. Um, that's tough. I, each goal puts the game literally further out of reach, but figuratively it's just, you know, adding more and more. Um, and it eventually becomes insurmountable. I think if you're down three to nothing, in the second half to Florida State at Florida State, it's anyway, sorry. Bye. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what you're doing with that one. You might as well just pack it up and and save your legs for the next game. Start up the bus and exit directions to the airport. Right. The cards do get to play Notre Dame this year, though, in women's soccer. So uh, that'll be a Sunday, October 25th game, tentatively scheduled for 1:30 out of the Mark and Cindy Lynn Stadium. So, uh, you bought it when I put bets since it's U of L versus Notre Dame that it goes to extra periods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, this could you, you're definitely right. Yeah. It's one of my ties. A, for the right. Either that or there will be a power outage and they'll move it yeah. to Sacred Heart, Jeff. One of the two, I don't know. Yeah. So, we certainly wish them the best of luck on that they, Sunday. They, they did draw zero zero last year. Yeah. Yeah. In case anybody's curious. Yeah. It's just something it's, it's about... insane. These two schools. They do some, yeah, some crazy stuff. Something about the Irish. All right. Uh, other things of important and, and things that are going on field hockey will get their schedule started. 
next week, guys, as they uh, open at home, and they get to play Duke back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday, and then get to complete their home slate for the year the following weekend with a Friday, October 2nd game against North Carolina, and then I think it's a 4.30 tentative start on that one, and then a Sunday, October 4th match against Boston College, 1.30, and that's it for the home schedule on that. Uh, they've got they've got noon listed here. Uh, that might, that one may have gotten changed for a TV schedule. Uh, 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 oh nope, sorry, I'm crazy. I'm looking at the wrong sport. Yeah, it's like I don't see noon on this. Yeah, it's, uh, Wake Forest. I bet. Cases entered a different plane, and that you can. Gracious. And, and speaking of different planes and such, case uh, uh, you brought up to us last week and have done some. Very, very good things along the, the the aspect of using Anchor as another way to get our weekly broadcasts across to listeners. Kind of, kind of explain this to us. What is that? Yeah, so so we've been calling this the Cardinal Coval Radio Hour podcast since we went off of the radio, right? Um, kept the name, gave it a little bit of extra touch, and it hasn't really been a podcast per se. I mean, we we make it presentable. It's recorded. It's on YouTube. You know, you can look it up, find it. Anybody can watch it all the time, but um, not available on podcast players, not really getting out to the masses. Um, so I uh, decided to finally give it a shot and edit for the first time <laughs> some audio. Uh, it's, it was an interesting learning experience, uh, trying to get into doing that a bit more quickly now. Uh, since this is a time of the podcast, we do talk about things that may happen, you know, hours after it ends. So I'd like to get this up hours after it ends, right? Um, but Anchor is a, it's a free service, um, basically a podcast distribution service. Um, so you can compile your audio, put it up, they'll, um, export it however it needs to be exported. Uh, you can add all kinds of fun things, uh, and then they'll distribute that for you. So, um, I actually opened the app up just a little bit ago and got confirmation that we're now searchable on Spotify. So, I just uh, I think it we're up myself. Yeah. Search searchable on Spotify, uh Pocket Casts, um probably Apple. A few a few others. I don't I haven't gotten the notification for Apple yet. Apple and Overcast. I use Overcast um as my podcast player of choice. A good thing that you can do with a lot of those individual podcast players is that if you use the link to the to the podcast itself, you can just search that link specifically in your podcast player and just add it. Um, but but what we're really looking for is that distribution, that searchability um, to try and reach more people and, and bring the joy and excitement of UofL women's athletics to the people who also enjoy and are excited by UofL women's athletics and maybe don't know about Cardinal Couple and what we're doing here and, and expand the audience and get the players and coaches that we support so much, get them some more support and some more love from, from other people. So for idiots like myself who have very little internet capabilities uh, and those who may listen to us on YouTube, how does one go about accessing Anchor and listening to our broadcast on there? Take us through the steps. Yeah, so like I mentioned, um, you can listen to podcasts on Anchor, but many people who listen to podcasts have their own preferred podcast player. I mentioned mine is Overcast. Um, I think they're on Apple only, so if you're on Android... 
Overcast not helpful to you. Um, Spotify has become a major player in podcasts, Apple Podcasts themselves. Um, you can listen to Anchor and search for Cardinal Couple Radio Hour, and you'll find us on there, and you can listen through there. But you can also search on, if you already listen to podcasts somewhere, or if you don't and you want to start, um, you can search in op- Apple Podcasts soon. I assume maybe you have to get uh, more than one episode for them to to accept you. That might be the case there. Uh, I think I've heard that before. So uh, we'll be on Apple Podcasts soon, but on Spotify or on any of the other podcast players you listen to, you can search for Cardinal Couple Radio Hour, um, and then you'll be able to find us. And you can subscribe, and uh, the show, if you can't listen to it live, will hit your feed whenever i am able to get it up um because yeah. because anchor is, is very quick um like i mentioned last week i i put it on anchor uh i got the download link or the, not the download link but i got the the podcast channel link um as soon as i put the podcast up on anchor put the podcast channel link into my overcast app and boom there was the episode right on my phone yeah listen and- to it at uh four times speed plus smart speed just to get the playthrough to make sure that everything was good it was very weird sounding do not recommend that to anyone um that is not how the show is intended to be heard uh it's not meant to be played at five times speed i promise but yeah that's yeah. that's it and hopefully with that we can like i said branch out our audience a little bit more get some 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 of the old school radio production quality back into I know, Jeff, you've mentioned getting it into the live show, but if we can at least get it into some of the, the recorded show and get some things out that people can hear. And like I mentioned, we can get the interviews locked in that way. Um, we don't have to spend the time during the live show to hear those, so people can always go to the site and listen to those. But if we do want to put those in line and then discuss about them, I, we can just do that later. And it's the magic of audio editing. The and, amazing uh, the, world of internet. And the greatness that uh, is people who put together freeware like uh, Anchor to, to support people like us who wouldn't be able to do it otherwise because exporting a podcast and getting distribution in the early days of podcasts um, and even before distribution sites like Anchor and others. Um, it was challenging. Was <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it was a lot of, you had to, you know, server-side host yourself. That's the thing that Anchor is yeah. also doing. We don't have to host anything. You know, I yeah. just put the stuff up. There. I'm sure there's an episode limit that it'll probably start bumping episodes off, but... We're a timely podcast yeah. anyway. If you can't listen to last October's talk about the Notre Dame game, I don't think anybody's going to cry about it. You know? Right? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, a lot of the early people in podcasting were IT people because you had to be an IT person really to be able to put together all the pieces to make a podcast work in the early days. And and tools like Anchor have made that obviously a whole lot simpler. So. I know the boys will and I myself will be putting in our articles and also on the website, uh, the rebroadcast information that you can click on to hear it. That's traditionally found at the very, very top of our website at Cardinal Couple, where you see the smiling faces of me, Jared, Jeff, Case, and Sonia. Yeah. Just click on that picture. That'll take you to, yeah, I think, either the YouTube or the anchor link. Uh, I think I changed it to YouTube last week. And then over on the right-hand side of the site, there's also a little drop-down area over there where you can also click on that to hear our latest podcast as well. So certainly spread that to your friends, family, and uh, people next door. Let's have some fun with it as we explore the world of IT with cases leading the way. All right, guys, what else have we got here that we need to... uh, to get across I, I think that's pretty much got us covered on a lot of stuff the 
500 pound of course gorilla in the room is football today certainly everybody enjoyed that i think with the cardinals playing the miami hurricanes at cardinal stadium almost said papa john's there oops uh (laughs) goodbye papa john's for so many reasons i know right (laughs) they're doing game day out there currently i don't know jared you've been watching that so let's go to our prediction master jared real quick on this what's it going to be the outcome of this one canes versus cards football buddy Uh, it's funny that you're going with the prediction because they just did the they just did their picks right because it just ended Yeah. Yep. And uh, we're, we're seeing a little uh, duck head on TV right now. So we're, we got to give our use down for that real quick because I'm in, I'm in disagreement. Katie's an FSU Katie's alum, so she's yeah. definitely mad about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing a, a U down from her right now. Uh, she's fully cheering on the, the good team tonight. Uh, so I'm going to go with a nice U of L win. Oh, she says they play him next week, so we we got to beat him up pretty hard this week. Yeah, oh, so they're, so they're close, pissed though. off and, and beat up on FSU later. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking this is gonna be pretty close. I'll, I'll give the Cards a 31 to 28 win on this one. A close win, according to Jared, 31 28 on that. Uh, let's hope our special teams, especially our punt team, can yeah. do some wonderful things. Case uh, 31 28 sounds pretty close to me. What do you think? It's funny you mentioned the pun team on a podcast I was listening to earlier this week. I heard someone refer to it as the Lupo fiasco. <laughs> a reference to the old artist Lupe fiasco. Um, yep. And Louisville's putter being named Lupo. Um, yeah, that was It was a fiasco last week. Let's hope we avoid that this week. Um, I, I also heard a prediction that um, had like 42 to 38 in favor of Louisville and 38-35 in favor of Miami. I think a lot of people don't really have a lot of faith in either of these teams defenses that or they just you know really believe that both of these teams offenses are going to be tough Louisville's offense looked incredibly challenging to stop last week for uh for wait uh western kentucky not wake um and i think that scott satterfield mentioned maybe they were just kind of cruising on offense in the second half uh trying not to to give away too much of the playbook uh, moving forward, especially with a ranked team coming in uh, in Miami. So I think Louisville's going to get a win. I do think it'll be high scoring. Um, it's going to be incredibly stressful because if it's a high scoring game, it's like, yeah, we're finally going to kind of stretch this. No, the other team scored again, um, yeah. as, as it is every single time. Uh, unless, you know, you're Lamar Jackson taking on Florida State and you just completely obliterate them, which was the last time Louisville had a home game day game. So it could be something like that. We'll see. Wait, with Malik Cunningham back at the helm. Going with Malik again. Yeah, apparently, I thought last week when I was watching the game and during the halftime, I thought that I heard Coach Satterfield say Malik. And I was like, that was really weird. But apparently he's been still going by Malik with the team and teammates and coaches at, for a while. I don't know. I don't know. He's Malik again, I guess. Mikhail to Malik and from here to I'm back the- again. You know, here we are. Let's just certainly hope that uh, he gets his name called often tonight on the broadcast for doing great things and not better things. My thoughts on this, and I'm going to take it in slightly different direction here, guys, is that uh, we got the guys coming up from Coral Gables, and they sure not used to 40-degree temperature at night. And they're going to be playing in 40-degree temperature. So I expect maybe Louisville gets out to the big start, but I think the telling part in this game 
is going to be the second half when those temperatures have dropped down there into the mid 40s. And there's a bunch of shivering uh, Miami football players over there on the sidelines, which can cause uh, the hands to turn to stone, which means you're going to drop passes and maybe have balls slide through there and have other teams intercept or pick up fumbles. The cards, although admittedly we haven't played in anything like that yet in the game, we've already been through a wet game, but we can handle the cold a little better than the Canes, I do believe. I'm going to call it 42 to 17 Louisville. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I'm wow. thinking that we've kind of turned the Canes, the Hurricanes, into a tropical depression, Jeff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, with me and football, it's kind of a, you know, throw it at a dartboard and see what you get. But uh, I, I do think I find, I find it interesting, you're kind of hearkening back to the idea of the, you know, the UCLA snow game and soccer, you know, uh, that, ty- that type of idea. I, it can be a factor, obviously. So I'm going to say about 42-35 UFL wins. Um, you know, I, I, I respect Miami as a good team, um, you know, and we still have our warts to figure out as a team. Clearly, we saw last week. So, um, yeah, um, I'll put it around in there. Uh, Jared's in track of tracking all these and expect you to open up a free checking account for any one of us if we get close to Stuart over at the bank. With a nice little deposit as well, courtesy of the bank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got a great chance of being closest since I just said Louisville was going to win and it was going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't, yeah. Nail, didn't nail you down on it. Yeah. You're officially out of the competition. Oh, we, we, need, we need numbers, man. We don't need <laughs> All right, guys, let's go ahead and segue it on into some final comments. So in case you were indecisive on a score, maybe you have a decisive final comment for starters. Yeah, I think I'm just going to kind of reiterate last week's final thought um, that things are still up in the air. Um, I think we're up to 16 total games that have been canceled into the football season alone. I think someone did, a, someone did the math and said if you count today's games, then you will be up to 49 games played and 16 games postponed or canceled. Um, I think Miami is going to be missing between one and three players based on some contact tracing uh, rumors from yesterday. Um, a lot of teams are still just being close to the best about if they have any cases whenever they have these postponements or cancellations pop up and sometimes they just say you know we got a position group that's held out for covid reasons but no further details um so it'll be interesting to see if if that does benefit uofl at all tonight um hopefully uofl is one of the teams that can keep themselves clean quote unquote that's a weird a weird thought to use that word but it, it seems to be the most apt um but if they can keep themselves free and clear, um, it'd be really good. But you know, just enjoy every game. <laughs> Continue to say Absolutely. that. Just enjoy can every every game we get will. to see. We know not when they may end and how many more we'll get. That's for sure. Uh, Jeff, what do you got, bud? Yeah, uh, UFL came out this week. Uh, they've been posting occasionally. We we kind of critiqued early that, that UFL wasn't being very forthcoming about COVID nineteen tests. They they put out some summary numbers uh, more recently and including this week they had they said they had five cases five positive tests out of roughly a thousand i think it was a little over a thousand you know which puts the positivity rate at like 0.5 percent which is you know an order of magnitude better than the population at large in general so um you know that's encouraging to see 
that with proper precautions, we can um, keep control of this pretty pretty well. And uh, both both the message that it sends out to our society as a whole and our community as a whole, and for you know the, the possibility of future sports of being able to keep enough control of this to be able to play games. You know, I'm I'm a little leery of it, but you know, so far it looks like it, the the systems are working fairly well for that. So that's encouraging to see. Indeed, it is. Jared, let's drag you back out of the cemetery here and do one more <laughs> thoughts from you. Yeah, uh, well, going different route for me. I was able to uh, I pick up a new toy, new lens this morning. Uh, cool. Talk my family into helping out as an early birthday present. So I've got a a Tamron 18 to 400 millimeter lens uh, with the vibration control. Uh, the autofocus with the manual focus override. So uh, with that 400, it's actually going to be allowed me to shoot further than any other lens that I currently have. Uh, but then with also being as, uh, as close as 18 millimeters, it's also I could have someone standing right in front of me and still get a pretty good shot. So especially when you have sports and you never know which direction the, the players may go, it's easy maneuverability with just one lens being able to zoom in and out real quick versus uh, fighting with multiple cameras. So hopefully that'll help us out here as we fortunately will get to cover some games here soon. And I can think of a list of Louisville women's sports athletes that would gladly line up to be test subjects for you to have their picture taken, Jared. So there you go. And Katie as well. well <laughs> Paul, you can uh, help hold with some of the lighting and the flash, so I'll bring you along. <laughs> I, just, I, I just want to see the finished result, okay? I don't want to hear about the pregnancy. I want to know if it was a boy or a girl. All right, but... <laughs> I, final thoughts. want to mention something. We did mention today, but a little cross-country. We didn't talk a whole lot about that. Dorcas Wasiki will be running again for the Louisville cross-country squad. A it's a, a story of triumph and tribulation that has finally come out to have a good story. She was an incredible runner her first couple of seasons here at the University of Louisville in both track and cross country. Uh, had some injuries, had some setbacks where she was unable to run for a couple of seasons, but she's back at it again. She'll do her 2020 debut today up at North Bend, uh, South Bend, excuse me, at Notre Dame, and I hope that she does quite well. Uh, it will just be what a triumph and what a great story to see her win this thing today. So uh, one foot in front of the other Dorcas and try to get there first. That's all I can tell you. Run well. But, uh, that'll do it. We'll certainly catch you all next week for another exciting edition of the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour podcast. And certainly have fun on whatever you do. Mask up, stay safe, wash your hands. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to give us a rating or review and subscribe to the show in your podcast player of choice. We're available on all of the major podcast players. And be sure to check out the site at cardinalcouple.com for the daily column bringing you the joy and excitement of mobile women's athletics. Mm-hmm.